All right, welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm your host, Martin Moyer, and we have a show you do not want to miss today. We're going to talk about the FBI raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida. We brought a returning guest to our show, George Lombardi, who is a personal friend and advisor to former President Donald Trump, who weigh in on this raid. So we have with us today a number of guests. We have Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church, and we have Pastor Brandon Huber of the Clinton Community Church of Montana. We have Alec Rooney, the news editor of Christian Action Network, Michael Moyer, who's our producer. And in Columbus, Ohio, we have attorney David Carroll, who is the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of this program. So I don't know who wants to start first, and I think we all have our own opinions, and we're anxious to get our personal opinion in the front uh, queue here. But I want to start with uh, George. Good to have you back on the show. It's exciting, as always, to see you. Good to be back. Good to be back. You said something to me that kind of uh, was shocking, that Mar-a-Lago has been closed to the public, I guess, and even to members since May of this year. And I think uh, most people have no idea that that was the case. Uh, before we get into the raid itself, can you explain why the club had been closed since May? The, the club is always closed. I mean, I've been a member since uh, the very first day, um, uh, what, 20 some years ago. And they always close during the summer because uh, Palm Beach, you know, just gets almost completely empty. I mean, everybody that lives here has either a second or a third home and they either, you know, go back, you know, up north for the winter, I mean, for the summer uh, or somewhere else. But uh, the club, it's only open, uh, has been like this, as I said, for the last 20 some years from uh, generally October 30th or 31st, Halloween. That's the very first date that it opens up. And it generally closes either at the end of May or at the end of June. A couple of times was open uh, the 4th of July, just, you know, because when uh, Trump was president, you know, he wanted to celebrate the 4th of July over here. But pretty much when the club closes down, it closes down completely. There is absolutely no uh, nobody that belongs to the administration, nobody that belongs to the, uh, you know, uh, the organization or even managers for the club. Everybody is gone. Um, so the only people that would be there when the club, the club is closed is maybe like two or three people from security, uh, not many. Uh, there is, since uh, Trump, has not been president and, you know, in 2020 has been always like two, maybe a few more members of the Secret Service. They are there just in case, you know, Trump decides to visit there for a reason or another. But normally even Secret Service is completely absent from there. There is like two or three people from the staff. And by staff, I don't mean anybody that can pick up the phone or anything like that. The phone is off. Uh, there might be like two or three people cutting the grass. There might be two or three people cleaning up inside. But 
other than that, the club is completely empty. Well, so the mystery deepens, at least to me. So you have a club that's closed. It's not open to the members or to the public. It never, I guess, really is open to the public. But uh, it's basically empty. And it's been empty for a couple of months now. Only very small staff there. And the FBI waits until mid-August or early August, basically, to come in and raid it. And from what I understand, there's like 30 or more armed police or officials that came in with guns, some with automatic weapons. I mean, what would the heck were they hoping to find there to, to need that type of armor to come into Mar-a-Lago if they, they had to know that the uh, police has been closed since May? Of course they know, and they know very well who is in there. And they're totally harmless, especially at that time at night. <laughs> even the guy that cut the grass and even the guy, the lady that cleans inside are not there. So there might have been like a skeleton crew of two or three people at the very most. And uh, they knew it. They came, you know, you know, gun blazing and all that just, you know, for the show. I mean, it was a big circus, like uh, Donald said, you know, many times. This is this is a this is definitely a circus, and all the clowns are around. Uh, unfortunately, they don't wear you know clown suits; they wear FBI thing. But uh, it's just a big circus. There was absolutely no reason to have anybody you know all dressed up like that to put, to get documents that he was willing to give anyway. How big did you say the security force was there, George? On on the Marilago side, uh, I see normally two, and I mean two, number two, Secret Service people. Uh, and again, they are there. They take turns only because is the house of a former president, and that is what they do since the time of, you know, Kennedy or Nixon or whatever. So uh, there is always somebody in any of the residents of a former president. So they are generally on the outside. They don't even stay inside. They are either on one entrance or the other entrance. But I don't think that there is more than two at the most four, you know, if they take turn and they sleep inside. Uh, as far as staff, as I said, as my recollection, you know, and I've been there, you know, because uh, sometime, you know, you go there, I left something in the locker room or, you know, I'm aware of the staff that is there even when it's closed. And it's never more than like two, three people, four people, if they're doing some really deep cleaning or anything like that. Well, maybe they thought all the lawn maintenance people were relatives of Edward Scissorhands. And they had to have the necessary armaments out there we to protect We almost had the them. FBI versus the Secret Service then. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, Alec. You bring up a, a point here because the FBI they came in. Each other? Well, the FBI came in and they asked for all the surveillance cameras to be turned off. That's right. And the Secret Service said, no, we're not going to turn them off. That would have been an interesting battle, wouldn't it? Yeah. Trying to pull rank on each other. Yeah, the Secret Service won, as I understand it, and the surveillance cameras stayed on. Uh so, George, you know, you've had some time to think about this. What do you think the point of this raid is? As I said, I think the 99% of the whole, you know, at night with, uh, with the guns and everything else is just a circus. 
is just to show some images that they think is going to deter or impress or maybe frighten some members of Congress or some other people that are supporting Trump into thinking, oh, shit, if they do this to him, maybe they'll do it also to me. So in my mind, it's clearly 99 percent a circus meant to intimidate is an intimidation tactic, just like they did to Roger Stone. Now, uh, as far as documents that might be there, uh, what is a nuclear document? I mean, I can have a piece of paper that I download from Google that talks about, uh, you know, ICBMs from Soviet era, or I can have a document that I download from Google that talks about, you know, what is the situation now? How many do we have and how many the Russian have? So nuclear or, or you know, doesn't mean anything. And uh, there is no such a thing as a nuclear, you know, a document. Documents are either classified or not. And as far as what uh, Trump said, and he was very clear on that the same day of the raid, he said, every document that I had there was declassified. Also, another thing that might be interesting uh, to find out is you don't take documents with you. I mean, uh, uh, at, um, on Fox News, it was very clear uh, Judge Janine Quiro said it very clearly. Uh, you don't take those documents. You are not allowed, even if you're the president, to keep them. You may do copies of them because you want to study them. So if Donald had any document there, they were not originals. They were copies, number one, most likely. Number two, according to what he says, and I have no reason to believe that he lied, also because there would be some documentation to the fact that he declassified those documents. So he declassified those documents, so those are free for anybody to go into the internet, log in, download them, print them, and, and have them at home. So, George, you know, you made some really good points there. And, you know, from what I understand, Trump was, co you know, cooperating where he's been giving documents over for the last, uh, what, about eight months, right, since January. So the timing of all this is very strange. You know, like you mentioned, you have a closed Mar-a-Lago at the time. You have Trump who's been cooperating, handing over documents. And I even heard him make the statement, right? He said that, you know, if you wanted the documents, all you had to do was ask, and I would happily and freely give them over to you. So why do you think, I, I mean, I, I know you mentioned that at this time, the club is closed, but why do you think at, at this very time, you know, you mentioned that it's a fear, fa fear tactic and, you know, it's, they're looking to intimidate those that support Trump and those on this side of things. And from what I can tell, from just from watching some of the news outlets, it looks like Trump has gotten a phenomenal amount of support, right? It looks like there's hundreds of people out there with their Trump signs uh, supporting Trump. But why do you think this this timing at this exact moment in early August? What, do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. <laughs> there is elections in, in, in the Republican Party. 
there is midterm. Uh, you know, it, so like one name that just casually comes to mind is Liz Cheney and his dad, who has a lot of connections, you know, because he was there for eight years. So, you know, he may have called in some favors and uh, they decided to put up this show uh, just a few days before, you know, Liz is going to lose her position in the in Congress. Uh, so there is that, there is Alaska, there's a couple of other races that uh, coincidentally, they just happened to be a few days, you know, after what this circus happened. So to me, it's very clear. Uh, it's not a matter of, you know, conspiracy theories or anything like that. I just look at it as a very strange coincidence that it happened just a few days because before, you know, Dick Cheney's daughter loses everything. I want to read a couple of comments that I found very interesting. Uh, one comes from Gary Bauer. He f was uh, formerly worked for Ronald Reagan. Uh, he said the raid was a raw, tyrannical abuse of government power. I now believe we must assume that anything is possible. That's pretty scary stuff coming out. Anything is possible, such as the FBI could easily raid your home if they're going to raid the home of a former president of the United States. Now, this one from the former NYPD chief, Bernie Carrick, he uh, put out this tweet. And just like in other third world countries, if today's raid by Biden's FBI does not stop Donald Trump from running for president in 2024, their next move will be an assassination. I mean, that's pretty bold stuff here coming out. These aren't just wackos out there, you know, spouting out, you know, uh, you know, having too much to drink in a local bar. Hey, they may, you know, assassinate the president if they're going to do this. This is the former chief of the NYPD making this claim. That's a particularly scary statement, too, because everything that this government is doing and that Merrick Garland is doing um, seems calculated to try to whip up or create right-wing nationalists or right-wing extremists. They're trying desperately to pick a fight and trying to get, they're trying to get a violent uh, reaction out of the right, out of Trump's supporters. My opinion is, is that uh, we discussed this before the show. There's three possible reasons for this raid. One is that there really is something that our federal government thought that Donald Trump had that was so critical, so criminal, that they had to send 30 FBI armed agents into his home immediately to retrieve it and get it out. That's one theory. The second one is that this whole thing is a search uh, fishing expedition to see if maybe Trump had something in his home that we didn't know about. We need to have a vote on criminal. this when you're done. Oh, we'll have a vote on this when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fishing expedition. We don't know if Donald Trump has anything or doesn't have anything, but we'll know once we go into his home and take everything. And I mean everything, including his passports. Why his passports? Who knows? But the passports seem to be quite relevant for the FBI in taking that. And then the third thing, which is the one I believe, is that this was a way to inflame Trump supporters in order to agitate them to do something crazy like start a civil war. They want that civil war. They want to poke that bear and keep poking and keep poking at it until they get 
what they are looking for, and that is for mega supporters to come out with their guns firing and a good reason for them to shoot him down. Now, I want to bring this up because the U.S. government came out uh, with this document last year, and it was an assessment on the future terrorist threats inside the United States. I am going to read to you a quote that came out of that document. The intelligence community assesses that several factors could increase the likelihood of lethality of domestic violent extremist attacks in 2021 and beyond over the growing perceptions of government overreach. Well, that report came out uh, last year. Uh, unfortunately for the Biden administration, that violent extremist attack did not happen in 2021. They did predict it would happen if these people saw perceptions of growing government overreach. Now, here we have what is obvious, a government overreach. growing overreach, and that is the raid of your president's home. So I think they are just trying to fulfill what they promised would happen last year. All right, so those are the three likely reasons that this raid took place. Maybe you have your own, but uh, what does everybody think? What's your opinion, uh, Pastor Hoover? We have not heard from you. Well, I, I would, you know, I would agree with those three, but let's turn the tables. Why, why not a raid on Hunter Biden? I mean, they have his laptop, they have his, the evidence, but they're not discussing it. Why not a raid on Hillary Clinton? You know, why was she allowed to clear those thirty thousand emails? Why did they do this to President Trump, and they're not doing it? To, to others that are, are going through these same issues as well. It's for the same reason that they went after him for the last, for his entire presidential term. Which is what? Make sure he can't run again? Just to smear him in any possible way. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. He was squeaky clean of all the people, you know? Well, it, it's also, guys, to show the American people, you know, like you mentioned, number three, Marty, it's, in, it's, it's a very high intimidation factor to show the American people that, look, if we can do it to your president, we can do it to you. And, you know, those that are, are a little bit on the right, but not so far on the right, that are a little bit scared, a little bit fearful, this is going to put people back into their little cave and shut them up a little bit more. You know, just like when the, uh, the parents go out and they speak at a school board meeting, they call them a domestic terrorist. The ones that are very outspoken and, you know, they're brave and they're bold, they're going to continue to go and speak regardless of what they're called. But for that little bit of, of people who might have that little bit of fear, it's going to make them be even more fearful. And it's it's a scary thing that we're seeing here. All right, I do want to say that I did make a note of that publication. It was released on June 15, 2021. It was issued by Merrick Garland, and it was called The National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. And, and it's that report that they predicted that there would be a domestic violent extremist attack in 2021 over the growing perception of government overreach. Didn't happen. Egg on their face. Didn't happen. What They're embarrassed. That, what about that guy who drove into the parade in Wisconsin? What kind of perception is it when you actually know for a fact that they lied on the affidavit earlier to actually investigate Trump? Uh, I mean, that's not It's not perception. That's fact, right? They, they are overreaching and they are just disregarding our own laws in order to take out a political opposition that they know that they have little chance of defeating. Yeah, so if, if this came out last year, they're long overdue. I mean, they manufactured a pandemic, right? They can manufacture a civil war if they want to. George, what's your take on this? What do you think is the likely reason? I agree with you, Marty, completely. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm very strong in 
stating the fact that, yes, we must be strong. We should not cave in to this intimidation tactics. We should continue to speak out. But at the same time, we should be very careful in provoking a reaction that is going to be negative, that's going to have negative consequences. So to tell everybody, be strong, you know, stand up for whatever you believe, does not mean that you should use force in any situation because you're only going to play their game. So I'm not saying stay home. I'm not saying, I'm not saying turn the other cheek. I'm saying stay strong, continue to speak out, do whatever is possible and legal and lawful, but do not put yourself in a situation where you can be accused of playing their games. If you said exactly, you know, they are looking for that kind of, quote, civil war. All it takes is like 10 people going crazy and smashing a few windows, like, not like, you know, Black Lives Matter did, but a tenth of that. And they are going to say, oh, we declared a state of emergency, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, we're all going to suffer for that. So I'm just saying, be cool, be strong, but keep it, keep it under control. And the circus eventually is going to go flat because the reaction of people, even Democrats, even moderate Democrats, but people that love this country or that love their job, they love their families, and there is a lot of them, they are going to say, you know, this is enough. That, that Enough is enough. These guys are scaring me. So those people that maybe voted for the last 10 years Democrats, they might come on our side. So their plan is definitely backfire, backfiring, but it will continue to backfire only if we don't give them an excuse to declare emergency or or other stupid things like that. I want to get David Carroll in this conversation. Uh, David, you know, sometimes I look at these Democrats and I think they confuse us with Black Lives Matter and Adipa. They think we are like them, ready to set fire, turn over cars, throw Molotov cocktails at police officers, FBI agents, at a drop of a hat. And conservatives are not like that. And uh, I, I think their strategy to try to poke us into creating some type of violent situation that they really want us to get engaged in will fall flat. Um, but what is it, your opinion? What, what do you think this raid was all about? I agree that domestic terrorism is a serious problem in the United States, especially when the terrorists are the <laughs> FBI. This raid is domestic terrorism under color of law. It is terrorism. It's intended to intimidate, and and it it has all the wrong motives. It is very important that the people on the right side of the aisle stay strong. We We cannot respond in kind. We should respond at the ballot box and elect the guy that they don't want us to have. 
That's what has to happen. They scare me because I'm afraid that that ballot box is not going to matter soon with the way that they've been doing it, if it doesn't matter already. I, I want to take an opportunity to read this because uh, it's a little bit long, but it it just angers me uh, when I see what this former top counterterrorism official of the FBI, Terry Tucci, had to say on Fox News. Uh, he said that Merrick Garland was a deputy assistant to Janet Reno under Bill Clinton, and one of the cases Garland was in charge of was the Unabomber. And Terry Tucci, I'm going to quote from him now. He said this, I never said this publicly, but I'll just tell you right now because it just sickens me to watch and listen to Merrick Garland because Merrick Garland was in charge of the prosecution of the Unabomber. And I have to tell you something. He would not recommend to Janet Reno that our search warrant to get Theodore Kaczynski's cabin be approved. Now, that was a case where we had bombs on airplanes. We had threats to blow up airplanes midair. We had people killed with bombs for 18 years, and Garland would do, wouldn't do anything. Now, how much more evidence that this whole raid is politically motivated? When you will not issue a search warrant against the Unabomber, much less Hillary Clinton for destroying uh, uh, her email servers with hammers, or Hunter Biden, but you will go after President Trump without any clear public way of telling it, Americans what the raid was all about, no one knows. How much more clear can this be that this whole raid was politically motivated and that we're likely to find out that the only thing they discovered in Trump's repertoire of boxes that they took is unrelated to the affidavit of that search warrant? They may find something because everybody has something in their house that's perhaps embarrassing to have, right? And that's something that's probably not criminal. It's going to be leaked to the media the media's going to pick up on it and go, well, they didn't find this, but let me tell you what else he had in his possession. He had this. He had that. He had letters to this. Here's what he said to so-and-so, unrelated to this search warrant, but it's going to get leaked out, and it's going to cause more embarrassment. I mean, this is a gold mine for the Biden people to continue to inflame Trump supporters by a continuous months-on-end leak of material that they took out of his house just to agitate people who support Donald Trump. The the notion that this is all just I think it's 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 just all theater. This has just all been set up as a big kabuki theater to do just what you're saying. There it can only be done with the help of a compliant media who so far have managed to just help Biden the Biden administration spin out this narrative. And they're going to try to keep spinning it out and spinning it out and trying to inflame a violent response. And I think George make, made an excellent point that we need to out-peaceful them. Mm -hmm. And maybe, our, maybe our, our resolution isn't at the ballot box. I want it to be. Well, I guess we're going to find out in November if it is. Um, but we know now that the ballot box is no guarantee, I think, after 2020. And uh, there's, I, I think peaceful resistance is kind of uh, the order of the day. It seems to me that even if there was a legal basis for this, and you know the process was followed apparently under the Fourth Amendment. It seems to me that this entire raid was handled with gross incompetence. These 
these raiders going in 30 people into an empty resort, the, a word I don't like very much, but we hear it a lot, the optics. The optics were really, really bad. And I have a suspicion that the incompetently done raid is going to help Donald Trump. I mean, as long as we can keep from having a violent response on the right, and so far there hasn't been. There have been threats, but there's always threats. There's threats on the left, there's threats on the right. But as long as we can keep from having a, an actual violent response, I think it's going to help Donald Trump politically, whether he runs or whether he just cams, campaigns for others. He, he, is be, he is being made to look like the victim of domestic terrorism under color of law. He's the victim. I, I agree 100%. And I think that uh, the, the, the Judeo-Christian tradition that we hold so sacred, uh, in, especially in the conservative movement, and also the, the belief or the trust in the Constitution and in the just process, okay, uh, it's what must keep us strong. Uh, somebody says, you know, I have God on my side. Uh, what am I afraid of? You know, and I think <laughs> that should be consciously, reasonably, you know, not crazy-like, not dogmatic, but also practically our attitude. Um, we have to have uh, a a strong trust in our way of life. And we cannot defeat an enemy which is being infiltrated by Chinese, by so-called Nazis or whatever you want to call them, by Soros Nazis or by, you know, or by Xi Jinping, you know, Chinese Communist Party, which we know they are in our institution. They've been infiltrating them for years. And uh, not to speak of the narcos infiltrating all of California, including Mrs. Pelosi's, you know, district. So we know that these organizations have been infiltrating. We have to stand up and do what we did not do in the past. We have to have people manning the precinct, not being just pool watchers, but pool counters. Our guys, the volunteers, have to go there and count the votes, not just stay 100 feet away and, and use the little phone if they see something. That's okay if you can't do anything else. But we should be there counting the votes. And that means also that our elected or chosen political leaders, like the county, the Republican county chairs, they are the ones that actually have the power to say, no, I want half of the people that are count the votes to be my guys. But some of them, they don't do it, like in Bergen. Bergen County, New Jersey, that's what happened. A corrupt GOP 
county leader did not put one, one Republican in the Bergen voters counting uh, uh, rooms. They were all manned by Democrats. And so what happened that while our candidate was at 49% and actually went over, went to 51%, but then after they recounted the votes in Bergen and in a county that normally goes 60-70% Republican, went 65% Democrat. That's what happened if you don't keep your eyes on the ball. You want to play? We can play fair, but we are going to lose if we stay home and just let the other team run with the ball and we sit and watch them. And then after we don't have reason to complain, oh, look at them. They score, you know, 10 goals. Yes, you guys are sitting down. You're not doing anything. So the Republican Party has some responsibility. We have some responsibility. We have to do what we need to do to secure the elections and continue to protect our way of life. Well, we're running out of time, but I want to close it with this uh, final uh, question here. All right. So the question is, uh, they're poking the bear. They're trying to get uh, Trump supporters to riot maybe perhaps a civil war, if they can't achieve that through this raid that they done at his home, but what happens if they actually arrest Donald Trump and put him in jail? Would that be the thing that would push Trump supporters over the rail? Because you know that's what they're trying to do and what their ultimate goal is, to find anything to put him in jail. If they do put him in jail... What do you think is going to happen then? Let's start with Pastor Bender. What do you think is going to happen? I, I think there probably would, Marty. Um, you know, but I, I agree with what George has been saying, what uh, David's been saying. You know, obviously for us as Christians, us as patriots, you know, we have a, a reputation. We should live by character. We should walk uprightly, righteously. Um, but I, I think there's going to be some bad apples out there who hate to see that Trump is imprisoned if that happens. And uh, yeah, there, there could be some serious unrest. And I just want to say this as a final note for myself. Um, you know, this past Sunday, I preached a, a sermon on discerning the times. And I just want to, you know, give a clarion call to those of us within the church who are Christians, who are born again believers of Jesus Christ, that we need to discern these times that we live in. And I believe the last few years, many in the church, whether you're a pastor in the pew, whether you're a preacher, evangelist, whatever, there's many who have not been discerning what the enemy is doing. And we, we love to be innocent as doves, but we need to be wise as serpents at this hour. We need to have our eyes open. We need to not just look at what's going on in the physical, but also say, okay, what is the enemy doing behind the scenes? So I just, I, I really hope that the church of Jesus Christ at this hour can say, okay, we live in, in these times. We were made for such a time as this in 2022. And what is the Lord telling the church to do? And we need to take a stand. We need to do it with conviction and not, not be afraid, not stand back and rise up and, and be awakened. All right, Pastor Huber, what do you think? Will there be riots in the street if they put our uh, President Donald Trump in jail? I think that there would be, but I would, I would ask right now that every Christian out there would start praying for President Trump. Um, and I would ask, you know, George, get good godly men around President Trump that will pray for him, that will lay hands on him um, daily. Because right now, the, 
the church needs to stand up. And what I've been telling my church is it's time to be bold. It's time to be bold. It's time to stand. And it's time to speak our voice that we've sat on the sideline for too long, that we got comfortable. Um, and it's time for us to get uncomfortable and, and, and stand up for what we believe in. All right, Alec, you're next. Will there be riots in the street? Trump in jail. I'm not going to say riots um, because with BLM and Antifa, what you see like up in Kenosha with the Kyle Rittenhouse story, that was chaos. That was burning cars. That was screaming and profanity and destruction. I don't think it's going to be that kind of a public movement. I think it's going to be more a massive, massive amount of people who come out all chanting the same thing peacefully and making it clear that they are just an irresistible force. Okay. Michael, what do you think? Well, I'll try to make it quick. I, I, I think that uh, there will be a reaction, uh, a riot. I'm not, not too sure about. Uh, I would prefer them to do something a little bit more uh, kind. I certainly wouldn't want to pay my taxes to a place like that. But anyways, let me, let me get off of my <laughs> idea. Uh, uh, I do think that there will be consequences, but I don't know if it'll wait that long. I mean, I, I read news earlier today about uh, teachers who were going to get fired because of their race and uh, Giuliani getting investigated. I just don't know how it's going to calm down. So you down. think there may be riots before Trump goes to jail. David Carroll, what do you think? Will there be riots in the streets? I think there will certainly be protests. And how active the protests are, I certainly, I hope... I pray that the Republican establishment, the pro-Trump establishment, is out there in those protests, keeping them from becoming violent. Uh, we cannot have a repeat of January 6th, uh, even though that wasn't all that violent compared to BLM, but we cannot have violence uh, committed in the name of Donald Trump. Personally, I think if you put President Trump in jail, there's going to be riots. If there is going to be a protest, violent protest, you know who are the instigators, is the other side. We are not going to do it. But I want to end with one very important point. Let's remember that the hand of God does not work with just one man. We have a number, a large number of wonderful men and women. We have a tremendously good Governor DeSantis here in Florida. We have a great Senator Scott here in Florida. We have a wonderful Senator in Texas, Ted Cruz. We have a wonderful Governor in Texas, Habit. We have a wonderful and incredibly, incredibly prepared man like Mike Pompeo. Uh, we have, you know, people in Tennessee, uh, the, the, the congresswoman, the senator, the senator. We have tremendously good people all over the country. One man is not, doesn't make or break this movement. One man doesn't make or break this providence. This providence is bringing up the truth and is bringing up also the dirt. And we as free individuals, we have to choose on which side, on what side we stand. But it's not everything Trump. That's what they think. And I'm glad they think that way because they're only playing into God's hands. 
But I think the providence is continuing with a lot, a lot, a lot of other people beside the ones that I mentioned. There's probably a hundred more. Very well stated. So there you hear it uh, for anybody out there. <laughs> if uh, Trump does end up being charged, arrested, put in jail, our solution is not to riot in the streets. So if you're thinking about it, don't do it because there's plenty of good men and women out there who are in office, who could be elected in office to straighten the situation out for us and for Donald Trump. So let's let the political, legal, democratic process take its uh, road, and uh, we're all going to pray for the best and for an outcome that we're all going to be happy with. And, you know, maybe the Democrats are just blindly walking off a cliff that they have created for themselves if they attempt such a maneuver as that. There might be some people really disappointed tonight that they can't raid us for uh, trying to trying to foment a, uh, an insurrection. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're supposed to be behind this poking peaceful the bear, right? Peaceful people, peaceful protests. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's our show for this evening. And thanks, George, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And we're going to watch you back. And uh, we find your comments very insightful and uh, very helpful. And I'm sure our listeners and viewers agree. So if you are listening, you are watching, and of course you are if you're hearing me talk, be sure to go to martinmoyer at substack.com to subscribe to this particular podcast so that when we do have new episodes out, you're immediately notified and we can keep you abreast of all the important things we think you need to know about. So thanks for joining us today, and we hope to catch you soon on another podcast. Bye-bye.